Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and to all our members of the X-Zone Nation who have little kids coming to their door, dragged out in all these different uh, costumes, and even if you're out with your own kids listening to us on satellite or on your radio, happy Halloween. Um, if you'd like to send us an email, X-Zone at X-Zone and all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And for all the programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And on the X-Zone TV channel, which is channel 21 on Simul TV, simultv.com. X-Zone Nation, my first guest tonight is Derek Tyler, and he is an author, researcher, and alien and military abductee. He's performed hardcore research on the alien agenda conspiracy. He has had private conversations with insiders who spent their careers working in black ops and has interviewed over 3,000 abductees. On Facebook, you can find out all about Derek at facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. And Derek, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Where did your interest in aliens, uh, alien abductees, as well as the alien agenda come from? Well, I had a quite a spectacular sighting back in 1984, mm-hmm. and, and it lasted for 42 minutes. You know, the sightings usually only last for seconds or a couple minutes at the most. But this one, um, the craft was very large, brightly lit up, and it was hovering just a couple feet off the ground right beside a, a specialized hospital facility near where I lived. And um, I watched it for about 20 minutes, and then mm-hmm. a pair of F-16s came streaking in from Fairchild Air Force Base, and they started buzzing this thing very aggressively. They didn't shoot at it, but they were coming within just a few feet of it time and time again, and they continued to do that for 22 minutes. I was I was timing it on my watch, and the craft just ignored them, and then it, it rose just a little bit in the air, enough to top a, a small hill that was that was behind the hospital, mm-hmm. and went out of sight. Um, I couldn't see what was underneath the craft because they were up on the top of a hill, but there were some trees planted below it, and the top of the trees were obscuring my view of, of what was taken into the craft or what came out of the craft, so I couldn't know for sure. But um, once you see something like that, nobody can tell you that aliens aren't here anymore. All, all my hair stood up on my mm-hmm. whole body the whole time that, that I was watching it. And this was hundred and about 185 miles inland from the west coast. So there's nothing else that it could have been. And that's what really lit my fire, I guess. Nothing was the same after that. Um, did anybody else see the UFO, or was it reported in the media? It wasn't reported in the media. I assume that other people must have seen it, but I never heard anyone talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to call the sheriff. They hung up on me. I tried to call the the local newspaper, they hung up on me, and my mom has a cousin that worked at that, that hospital facility as a seamstress, but she wasn't there at the time, but I asked her, next time I saw her, I asked her about that, and she said, well, people inside said that something happened that night, but they won't tell me what it was. Can you so, just... I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know how many saw it. It was, mm-hmm. it was easy to see and hard to miss, so somebody must have seen it. Can you describe it to us? Yeah, it was a... Uh, uh, disc shaped like a like a magnifying glass lens, double con double convex mm-hmm. disc, and it, it had a band of lights around the center of it. They were multicolored. There were three lights of a color, and then it would change color. They had yellow, green, blue, and um, red. And 
the lights were they were alternating colors in a way which made it appear like the band of lights was was spinning around the craft mm. like it was like it was actually moving around the craft but it was really just the lights turning color in sequence and then all over the surface of the craft there were at random spots and what appeared to be random spots and times there were what looked like flash bulbs popping off mm. and when the F16s came in i could get a better judgment of its size it was about its its um, diameter was about twice the length of an F-16, and it was about three times the height, including the F-16's cockpit. Was it making any noise? No. Dead no. silent. And I, I've been looking, you know, I figured with all the UFO photos that have been mm -hmm. taken, it should be easy to find a match to this in the database. Right, yeah. I've looked all over for, for since 1984, and the only match I've ever been able to find came from a uh, an ancient Egyptian temple. It's an exact match, and standing outside the the craft that they drew on this temple are two greys. And last summer, mm -hmm. someone accidentally photographed. There's a there's a big mountain nearby called Mount Adams, which is a, a giant uh, dormant volcano. And someone photographed a, an entrance in this mountain that looked like solid rock opening up to let spacecraft come in and out. They've got a base inside that mountain. It's on a it's on an Indian reservation, and the Indians consider it to be a holy mountain, so they don't let anyone go on that mountain. I've lived in that area. Well, I grew up there, mm -hmm. and I've only know, I've only ever met one person that's been on the mountain at all. Why do you think these craft are here? Now, I I understand that that uh, you believe it's extraterrestrial, and and you know this is easy to understand. But is it possible that this is something that was developed? here and that's a black op no really no way we've got at the time we didn't have any tech that could even approach this we've got very advanced tech now mm -hmm. but we got most of it from the aliens and there are there are multiple multiple races of aliens that the government knows about and i have a friend who was a well he retired from the air force as a brigadier general mm -hmm. and he spent his whole career in black ops and he sat me down and gave me a couple military-style briefings in private, you know, about aliens. And, and he had worked with them as part of his job sometimes. He'd personally met them and been in meetings with some aliens. And, and he, he, he was serious as a heart attack. Why do you think they're here? Well, there's lots of reasons they're here. And there's lots of different types of aliens. And they all have their own interests and their own agenda. Some of them... Some of them seem to be friendly to us, but mm -hmm. many of them do not seem to be friendly. I would say the majority of them do not seem to be here to be our friends. They come for um, they come for resources. They come for human DNA, which is valuable to them. They seem to use DNA as a, a form of currency because because it's uh, it's the stuff of life itself, you know, and and many of the aliens are extremely advanced genetic engineers, and they can create hybrids, they can create human clones, they can take human slaves, and they, they do all those things, and our military does those same things too. Um, why do you think there's this cover-up, this conspiracy to suppress the information that uh, the aliens are here? Well, there's a lot of reasons, really. One of them is that uh, the subject, the subject of alien contact, is not for the faint of heart. It's not a. They're not warm and fuzzy. There, mm -hmm. are, there are friendly aliens, but they don't control this 
this zone of space, the hostile aliens are firmly in control. And the more you learn about alien contact, the scarier it gets, because um, we are basically surrounded by aliens who don't have our best interests at heart. They can, they can, um, they can act like psychic vampires and steal our energy. They can occupy our bodies like, like this old story of demonic possession. They can actually do that. They can travel through time. Mm -hmm. They can, they can uh, abduct us and, and use our genetic material for their own purposes. Some of them consume, consume either humans or human blood. And we apparently make pretty good slaves, too. There, there are lots of reasons that they come here. How do we know that there is, in fact, these aliens here, and this just isn't an Internet myth? Well, there's, there's plenty of evidence if you're willing to look at it. I'm um, willing to listen there, to it. There are, there are, for instance, there are rock paintings and cave drawings which clearly show alien spacecraft and the greys and other types of aliens, too, which are mm -hmm. up to 7,000 years old. And they're from all over the world. There are Maya, Mayan artifacts. There are um, Aborigine cave drawings. There's a what's clearly a man in a, 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 a bipedal creature in a spacesuit, which was found in Kiev, Russia, which is 5,000 years old. Mm -hmm. And there, there's really no other explanation for those things. There's a, a matter of fact, as I said, the the only exact match for the craft that I saw was found on an ancient Egyptian temple, and it's an exact match, and it has grays standing right outside of it. All right, uh, Derek, please stand by. You and I have to take our first break. And Nation, Derek Tyler is our special guest this hour on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. Derek and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Exonation, uh, Derek Tyler is our guest this hour, www.facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler, and that's D-E-R-E-K-T-Y-L-E-R. -E -E so once again, facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. Um, after seeing this UFO, and, and what year was that in, Derek? That was in the summer of 1984. How did that change your life? Well, um... I never again had to wonder whether or not they were really here. Mm -hmm. And I never again had to wonder whether or not our government knew about it. And I also knew for sure that the government considered at least some of them to be unwelcome visitors. And, I mean, those, the F-16s didn't fire at it, but mm -hmm. they were clearly locked on it and ready to fire at it. They probably would have just cost them a couple of F-16s if they had tried, I assume. But um, they clearly were angry and it, it wasn't supposed to be there where it was. And... Uh, that's it's not many answers, but it's a good starting mm -hmm. place, and some people can go a whole lifetime without knowing those things for sure. Now, now, prior to your sighting going back to 1984, did you have an interest in UFOs? Yeah, I, I had a couple of other sightings. The first one was when mm -hmm. I was, I guess, probably six years old, seven years old. Right. Um, but none of, them, none of them were as spectacular as that one. I knew, even as I was looking at it, that this was going to be the sighting of my lifetime, and it, and it was. 
During your sighting in 1984, did you feel as if you were being communicated with or there was an attempt to communicate with you? No. I, was, I wasn't that close to it. Um, I was probably a half a mile away, but it was a clear summer night, mm-hmm. and I could see it completely clearly. I was, I was on the top of a hill that was adjacent to the hill that the hospital was on. So I wasn't close enough to, to be a part of the, mm-hmm. the action, so to speak. Prior to going to that hill, were you on that hill for a specific reason? Were you drawn to that hill at that night at that time? No, I was out in my parents' yard. Oh, I see. And, and I'd, I'd gone out there to... Uh, we were supposed to be able to see the northern lights, mm-hmm. which is a rare thing around these parts in, in central Washington. We were supposed to be able to see the northern lights that night, which we I don't think we ever really could see them. But I was out in the yard just to see. It was just as it was turning dark. And uh, that's just happened to be – they're in the same town as this hospital. And they didn't live far from it. And I saw this thing come over the hill, and all the hair on my arms and my head just stood straight on end. And, hmm. and I knew that, that – what I was seeing wasn't from this world. And it changed your life forever. Sure, because after that, I wanted to learn everything about them that I could. And um, I, I was apparently already an abductee at the time, but I didn't realize it. And I didn't have any memories of it. And it was probably, I was probably maybe 40 years old when I first started getting abduction memories. Mm-hmm. I wrote about those in the first book that I released, which is called Alien Contact, The Difficult Truth. And it has very detailed accounts of what I remember of my abductions. And I had already interviewed and spoken with literally thousands of other abductees over the years, but I never thought that I would be one of them. It's a club nobody wants to be a member of, believe me. So how did you get total recall of, the, uh, of these memories? Uh, was it uh, regression hypnosis that you underwent? No, I don't have total recall of them. Um, they they try to delete your memories, of course, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you know. But it's it's not always an exact science, and sometimes they don't completely delete them. And I seem to have a habit, for some reason, of waking up as soon as they return me back to my bed. Mm-hmm. And when you when you wake up, then the the memories can sometimes be grasped out of your mind. You can sometimes still remember what just happened, or at least much of it, and I would write them down. And if you wait until morning, they'll be gone. Why do you think that you are getting abducted by these ETs? Well, there's. I think there's lots of reasons they abduct people, but... No, I, I mean um, you, you specifically. Well, I have things I have things about my, my genetics that they like. I've got... I, I asked the Lord for six-pack abs and Jimmy Page's 1975 hair, but instead I got brains. Like, that's going to help me, right? <laughs> so so they they like my skill set. I, I have high intelligence. I have high creativity, problem-solving ability. Um, I have almost photographic memory. And these are what they consider to be primary survival characteristics. And it's what they look for. There are some other things, such as freedom from... Uh, family history of genetic, genetically transmitted disease, disease tendencies like diabetes and cancer and heart failure. But they can't almost ever find all those things in one person. They find some of them, and then they, they use that DNA for hybridizing purposes, and they match it up, and two or three generations down the, down the road, they will have, in theory, put all the tendencies that they want into one product. How many times do you believe you have been abducted? Well, well, it's a, a lot. Yes, At one right. point, I was getting abducted 
as many as three times a week. And it's exhausting, let me tell you. It's you, you try everything you can think of to get it to stop, but mm-hmm. nothing works. You try to the first thing you try to do is not sleep. You know, it, it occurs to you that if you can just stay awake all night, it might mm-hmm. stop them from coming back and taking you. But it doesn't work that way because they can force you to go to sleep when they want to. But it, over time, you become exhausted from trying, and you become shell shocked and paranoid. You know, right now I've, I've still got. I've still got PTSD where I'm, I'm very easily startled at loud noises and stuff. I'll, I'll jump, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a reflex action. But I never used to before that. And uh, it's it's a very difficult thing because there's no support system. There's nobody to talk to about it. I was lucky because I'd already interviewed so many abductees that I knew what was happening to me immediately. I didn't have to worry if I was going crazy or anything. I, I just knew. My story was much like theirs. Okay, can you tell when you're being abducted or if when you are going to be abducted? Do you get a hint? Do you get a premonition? And and if so, how you, does it happen? You, you do get a feeling after a while for mm-hmm. it. Um, some It's hard to describe, but something, somehow the, 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 it's like the electricity in the air changes somehow. It's, it's like the air becomes, becomes charged around you in, in your, in your home, let's say. And it can happen six or eight hours before an abduction actually takes place. But some, somehow you just get a feeling that they're going to be coming. And many times I would, be, I would be awake at night, and then all of a sudden I would just be hit by overwhelming waves of hmm. tiredness, so, so strong that I would, I would be asleep within five minutes no matter what I tried to do. No matter where I was, I'd be asleep, and that's when they would come. How does this affect your, your family when you're abducted? Are they aware that, uh, that dad or... Or, Mister, or, or is your wife aware that you're being taken out of the house in the middle of the night? And well, I'm I'm, I'm still single so far, okay. so I was living by myself, and right. it, so it didn't have any effect like that. Okay. But they they can do it, um, and the military has this ability to. They have the ability to do it in such a way that that it will appear as though you were never taken at all. They have they actually have the ability to travel through time which is something I don't know if I'd have believed it if someone would have told me that. Mm-hmm. But I've seen it myself. They've done it to me at least four occasions. And one of the th- every time it was for a reason I wouldn't have thought of. But one of the times that they did it was that I can remember was they, they returned me to my bedroom about 30 seconds before they'd actually taken me. And I could see my, like my future body was laying on the bed asleep. And, and two, grays, two gray aliens floated me up over the top of my my body that was on the bed it was a little bit out of time phase with me and they mm-hmm. dropped me down into it we were occupying the same space at the same time which they say can't be done there was no sense of contact a few seconds ticked by i emerged with that body i woke up like i'd been sleeping and no time had passed on the clock so if someone had been sleeping beside me they'd have thought i was never taken at all do you do you have any pets at home that might be able to detect uh, any strangeness that could you know act as a warning for you I didn't at the time, uh-huh. uh, but I, I've learned that the gray aliens detest house cats for oh, some really? reason. They despise house cats. So if, if you think you're an abductee, get yourself a couple cats. It, it might not help. Mm-hmm. It probably won't help, but it's worth trying. Now, now let, me, let me ask you, are the gray aliens that people talk about, are they the good guys or the bad guys? The gray aliens, the classic ETs that we normally think of, mm-hmm. are... Um, 
they are like cyborgs. They're genetically engineered organisms that are they are slaves. Okay. They're basically they were basically an experiment in creating artificial life performed by the draconians, the, the reptilian race. And they were considered to be a complete failure and they were relegated to slavery. They do the reptilians' dirty work for them, basically. They have an IQ of about 80, according to my friend in the Air Force. He said they're terrible pilots. Most of the UFO crashes that we find, he said, are results of pilot error on the part of the greys. So, but they, but they can do. They can be taught to do repetitive tasks, such as is uh, such as occur during abductions. So, would it be say Would it be fa- uh, safe to say that they're the morons of the galaxy? Well, we're the morons of the galaxy, but they're a little bit dumber than us, yeah, I guess. So, but they're <laughs> but they're not they're not a, a naturally occurring life form. They're created in vats, like like clones, and they they're completely psychic. They mm-hmm. don't react to they don't make decisions individually very well. They don't react to surprises very well. So they they can often, if you can if you can think of a way to surprise them, they'll mm-hmm. just stand there for a few seconds while they're they're telepathically asking their control whoever their controller is for instructions on what to do. The trouble is, uh, they they neutralize you before they come into the house. You, I was never. Oh, I was never. Derek, I've, uh, I've got to take my news break. Sorry. Please stand by. Nice talking to you. Derek uh, Tyler's our guest this hour, Exonation. Facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. This is the Exon. I am Rob McConnell, and we'll continue our conversation with Derek Tyler on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Exonation, uh, Derek Tyler is our guest this hour. His website is facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. Derek, um, is it the entire government that knows about the existence of extraterrestrial, or is this one of these one of these um, cases where it's not out there, but only a select few within the government actually know what's going on? Yeah, it's uh, the information is very... Of course, it's very highly restricted. Mm-hmm. They had to invent new security classifications that were higher than they used for the Manhattan Project. And basically, people are only told as much as they need to know to be able to do their job and no more. There are, for instance, the president of the United States has automatically, when he comes into office, he's given a security clearance, which is considered to be 16 levels above top secret, compartmented, code word, um, safeguard levels. But there are 32 levels that exist, which mean, and that's where all the good alien stuff is kept, of course. So the president does not have access to the full uh, scope of, of what is going on with the aliens. The military's attitude is the president will only be here for a few more years, and he'll never give another order again. But when he's gone, the military will remain, and the aliens will remain, and we're not going to take the chance of some do-gooder like Jimmy Carter coming in and canceling our projects. So they just don't tell him about them. And then the, the amount of money which has been spent on these alien projects is absolutely mind-bending. It is it's probably several times the total of our national debt. So and it's all taken out of our budget. Why do we need to spend money on this project? Well, I'm sure you've heard of the, um, the system of bases and tunnels that exist under the ground all throughout this country. Yes, I've heard about them. That... that has already cost $15 billion plus. We have, um, we have a secret space program that has nothing to do with NASA. Mm-hmm. 
and it is it is out of control. They, it's what they call breakaway civilizations, but, but we're financing them, and they have established, with the aliens' permission, they've established bases on the moon and Mars, which we've had for at least uh, almost 40 years on Mars, I would say. I know several people that have served there, and we have interstellar propulsion systems, which we got from the aliens. We've, we've, these, these, these uh, breakaway civilizations, they don't give us anything back, but they take, they take our, our products and our, our um, finances, they use them for their own purposes with the, the blessing of the military, but we get nothing in return. They, they're not planning on sharing any of this stuff with us ever. And they are, they are, um, they don't have to follow any laws after they're out of Earth, you know, they, after they're off the Earth. Mm -hmm. There aren't any laws for them to follow. So they, the, the Nazis, the, the holdover Nazis who still survived after World War II and were imported into the U.S., they already had a base in Antarctica. They'd already contacted aliens, and they are already in control of, of some, at least some of these breakaway civilizations. And they use slaves. They abduct people mm -hmm. and use them as slaves for 20 years, and then they send them back in time 20 years when they return to earth they're however old they were when they left and they get to live their life over again with their memories erased how do we it's, know how do, you know, how do we know this is real how do we know this isn't a, a pipe dream it's not fiction well one way we know it is that the military has lots of paperwork which is which has eventually been made public they've got Several very important whistleblowers who have gone public, and people like um, people like William Cooper and uh, William Tompkins, are both very important whistleblowers. Those are people on the inside. Their their reports are consistent. They are accurate. They are. How do, how do you know they're they're accurate? Because I've spent the last thirty five years checking all this stuff out myself, and I've got I've somehow managed to get some connections, which are, to my way of thinking, they're mm -hmm. they're. Dream connections. My the guy who used to be my best friend was a, an electrical engineer who was he was uh, contracted by NASA and the Air Force for over 20 years. To one of the things that he did was he reverse engineered alien tech that they found from crashes. Wait, wait a sec. How, how do you know that? You know, like have you seen? You know, like this. It all sounds great, but it also sounds totally impossible. Well, it's it sounds impossible and. It's one of those. It's one of those things where truth is really stranger than fiction. Mm -hmm. There's no. There's no science fiction that can even compare to what's really going on. Um, my friend is who introduced me to his handler, who was a bird colonel at the time. He retired as a general later and went out golfing the next weekend and had a heart attack and died. Who your friend so, or the or the general? Well, they they both had heart attacks and died. The general had a heart attack four days after he retired. Mm -hmm. My friend had a heart attack when he was 52. And died. Oh that they they and the 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 colonel. Well, I call him the colonel because he was a colonel yeah. when okay. when I was doing all this stuff. Sure. He told me that he said when when your friend mm -hmm. was was brought into this program, he was told that at some point his usefulness to us will expire, and you know we pay him good money because he's got skills we need, but someday he won't be any more used to us. And when that day comes, he's either going to be set up in business at our expense. Or he's going to be taken out back and shot, and he says if you don't agree to those terms, 
you never get into the you never get into any of this classified technology. You'll never have another chance, and you'll be transferred laterally from then on. He said you have to be willing to to take the bullet in order to get into to get access to this stuff. Is this information known by other governments of the world? Well, some of it is because there have been alien uh, sightings and crashes mm -hmm. in many different countries, of course. But um, one of the reasons that we had for the secrecy was that we were recovering advanced technology from a lot of these crashes, and we were we were actually um, taking it from other countries that had crashes with military force when we had to, and then paying them off later to pretend nothing happened. But they were actually acts of war because we didn't we didn't want the we didn't want that tech in the hands of of rogue nations. Let's say. Okay, so which countries did we actually go to war with to take uh, or to abscond with alien technology because we didn't want them to have the technology, and then after we had the technology to pacify everything and smooth it over, we paid them off? Well, the, the only one I know for sure that that... Hello? The only one I know for sure that that happened mm -hmm. with was Brazil. Back in the 90s, there was a, an incident called the Varginha incident in Brazil, which made Roswell look like a small-time thing. Mm -hmm. There was uh, a very a very rapidly moving alien spacecraft which crashed near a small town out in, out in the, the jungle area, and it had several survivors, and they, they were seen by the local people. Two of them were captured, and... They, they they threw nets over them like they used to catch monkeys in the jungle, and they were small. They were they were not aggressive. They were crying and injured and screaming and 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 they weren't they weren't, weren't aggressive to us toward the people at all. Mm -hmm. But they captured them in these nets, and the local militia apparently just shot one of them in the chest for no reason, fear, killed it, and we went down. We we dropped paratroopers in there. We. We committed acts of war against the Brazilian military with our special forces in order to take possession of the crash site, and we purchased, basically, the one alien which was still alive. They took him to uh, – he was injured. They took him to a medical facility, but they couldn't figure out how to remove its spacesuit to treat it. So they tried – they finally decided that they would try to burn it off with a torch, but they didn't realize that – the suit itself was grown into the body. Once they put the suit on, they formed one uh, interconnected unit, and the suit could never be removed again. And when they tried to cut the suit off, they accidentally killed this alien. The, the last I heard, the body was being stored in a the basement of a secure medical facility in the basement of uh, the University of the Americas in Panama. And we paid Brazil billions of dollars to pretend that that never happened because because it was totally acts of war because we wanted. We wanted exclusive access to that technology, and that that crash is where all the nano nanotech came from. It, it's where we got the idea for um, molecular machinery, nanotech, and stuff like that. We, there wasn't any of that before that crash occurred, which I, I believe was in 1998. It all came from there. Interesting. How many different – I've got about a minute before I have to take my final break. So how many different crashes do you uh, believe have happened on this planet within the last, let's say, 50 years? Well, I don't think there's any way to know because they, they cover them up so quickly and so mm -hmm. 
So effectively, Delta Force was formed just for the purpose of securing crash sites and keeping everybody else out of them. Um, but worldwide, there's been, I would say there's probably been at least a few dozen crashes. And some, some, of, the, some of the alien ships which have crashed, they're not really crashes. We've brought them down. We discovered back in the late 40s that we could, if we, if we turned our military radar up to full power, it would interfere with the navigation system of some of these ships and cause them to lose control and crash. And we brought some of them down that way on purpose. All right, Derek, please stand by. We've got to take our final break. And Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Derek Tyler, our guest this hour, visit his website at www.facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. Now, Derek has books that are available on Amazon.com as well. All you need to do is go to Amazon.com and then put in the search engine, Derek Tyler. And we'll both be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Explanation, uh, Derek Tyler is our special guest this hour. He is an author. He is a writer. He is a researcher. His uh, Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. And on his Facebook page, you can, you can contact uh, Derek directly. It also has a link to his Twitter page and his YouTube channel as well Derek uh, what what based on your research and your expertise what happened at Roswell New Mexico in 1947 well what happened at Roswell is basically just what everyone thinks happened there was there was a crash of a disc mm-hmm. it was uh, a different a different race not the not the classic gray ETs but a different race which is also known as the Greys, but they're they're a naturally occurring race, not a, a cyborg. And one of them was captured alive from the wreckage. He was kept as a uh, prisoner, really. Mm-hmm. They called him a guest, but he was really a prisoner until he died a few years later. But he taught us how to communicate with his his uh, the rest of his people, and it led to it led to a secret illegal treaty being signed between us and an alien race or, or two, which which basically we signed a treaty with the wrong side. We signed a treaty with hostile aliens, which basically traded away our our people for technology. We gave them the, the permission to overfly our country whenever they wanted to because we couldn't stop them anyway. Mm-hmm. We gave them permission to abduct our people and experiment on them and do what they wanted as long as they returned them home when they were done which they sometimes do and not always. And in return, they promised that they would give us some military-type technology and some other types of technology, which they've they've given us slowly over time, quite a bit of tech, but almost none of it's been shared with the public. Some that has are uh, uh, um, fiber optics, um, lasers, holograms, cloning, those things were all alien-originated techs. And you'll notice, if you remember Dolly the Sheep, when they cloned Dolly the Sheep 20 years ago or however long it was, mm-hmm. you've never heard another word about cloning since then. Because you know what the difference between cloning a sheep and cloning a person is? One's a sheep, the other's a person. The size of the vat you use. There's no difference. And the military has been cloning people for decades. But 
they don't want that subject to come up with the public because they don't okay. want any discussion or any restrictions to that because they are they are cloning people all the time and they they use some of them for slaves they use some of them for populating um, other planets that we have colonies on which we do have some colonies on on other worlds and much of the population there are slaves which are controlled by the military there's it's not a democracy out in space at all let me ask you with all the information that you have and the whistleblowing that you do, have you ever been put under threat of harm if you keep on going? Well, I was once back in the 90s. I started to write my first book back in the 90s. And one day I had a couple of guys show up at my door dressed in suits and they claimed to be from the CIA. They said they were couriers and they come to bring me a message saying, you know, we like that you're trying to help abductees because I was I was trying to help abductees at the time mm -hmm. too. They said it's we think it's it's a nice thing you're doing. It's past time somebody tried to do that. They said, but but um, you sent some chapters of the book you're writing to some of your friends over email and we intercepted them. And if you try to publish that information, people disappear all the time. They said, and you could be one of them. And they'd never find your body. And I surprised them. I laughed at them. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, I said you can. I know you can kill me if you want to, but you can't scare me into silence. You'll have to kill me. Nobody tells me what I can say or what I can write. And they said, you know, we're just here to give you a message. That's all. And they left. And after that, uh, my agent would never speak to me again. And no one would publish my book. And it, it took me another 20 years to get it published. Okay, let me I can't understand why the CIA would be the messenger since they don't have jurisdiction. With well, I don't know. That, wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. They really were from the CIA. Well, you said they were CIA. I didn't. That's what they, that's what they said. Did you see credentials? I, well, they, they did, but who knows if they're real or not. The government has fake IDs like you wouldn't believe. I don't know where they were mm. from. I okay. can't tell you where they were from. Uh, all right, so let me go back to another, another point that you discussed, uh, the, the bases on the moon. How come other you know how come amateur astronomers who have the the ability to see structures on the moon craters on the moon and so on and so forth nobody's ever reported a structure on the moon Oh actually they have um as as I understand it our bases are on the the back side of the moon so you can't really see them but there have been structures photographed by astronauts mm -hmm. and the the photos have leaked out later and there are alien bases on the moon and there are at least two human bases as i understand it i don't personally know anyone who has has um, worked on the moon bases i know several people who worked on the mars base okay. i think i think we have as i understand it, 11 different bases on mars and we are allied with the draconians there so so if we already have bases on mars what's the sense of sending the mars rovers to mars and you know any 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 flyby or any expedition that's gone to bar mars has not turned up anything out of the ordinary it's propaganda it's, it's public relations as the colonel told me back in the late 90s mm -hmm. he said there will never be a manned mission to mars or the moon in your lifetime that the public is aware of never again he said the, we can't take the risk of of an accidental photograph getting through our our, our uh, airbrush team. And he says there's ruins all over. He said Mars is covered with ruins from a war there millions of years ago. 
there's a, apparently an, a ruined city in Sidonia near that famous uh, Morris face. He said, we can't take the chance that that somebody will see a photo and will blow the whole cover. So he said, you'll occasionally hear about Mars missions being planned, mm -hmm. but in the end, he said, there'll always be something comes up that stops them. There'll be but funding what? or technical problems. or and, and also, we've taken millions and millions of photos of the mm -hmm. surface of Mars, but you've probably only seen about a dozen of but, them. But do, does the public really need to see everything? Well, like, I don't I, think I'm they so, do. Like, like, I'm sorry. I, there's, you know, well, looking at pictures of Mars certainly isn't in my top list of priorities. Well, I, I, I don't think the public does need to see everything, but mm. the point is that we're being lied to about this place. Did nope. you know there's forests on the surface of Mars? No, I didn't know that, but I'm certainly sure that I've, there's going to be a number of scientists who always listen to the show who are going to be looking at them and seeing if, in fact, they are there. And if they're not, they're certainly going to let me know. They're near the South Pole. Okay. Where, where there's, where there's uh, I'll send you some pictures of them here on Skype. No, don't, 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 you know, like, okay, thanks very much, and I'll certainly take a look at these later, and if you don't mind, I'll share them with our listeners as well. Go ahead. Um, it, it looks like, it looks like a picture of, of a, of a pine tree forest in the middle of it does, winter. It does. But so the it, oxygen. But they're, they're NASA images you can see on the. Well, once again, anything can be spoofed these days, including NASA images. Yeah, like well. I could easily take that. I could easily take that last picture you sent me, take off the borders, and insert a photo, and it'll have all the same properties as the NASA markings. Like that's that's, that's true. Not proof, you know. That's true. Well, you you can take it for whatever you think it is it's worth. Oh, I'm um, You know, I want to believe. I, I really would like to believe. That's why I do this show. I want to get the answers out to the you listeners. Know, I'll tell you something sure. funny, sir. When I was a kid, mm -hmm. I used to think the most marvelous thing in the world would be to get to have a conversation with a person from another world, you know, and I yeah. imagined that I would ask them questions that only an alien could answer, and then I would listen to their wise answers, and as I grew up, I realized that things like that don't really happen, you know, but somehow it did happen, and I, I ended up, I've ended up speaking to someone from another world against all the odds, but it wasn't anything like I imagined it would be. It was did, gray alien being an abduction, and all I was able to ever say was, oh, God, please don't do that twice. They never spoke back to me at all, and it, it made me end up wishing that I'd never even heard mm -hmm. of aliens. Wow. How it's many, a, how it's many a scary different, topic. <laughs> how, many, how many different alien races uh, do you claim there are on this planet right now? Well, I don't, I don't think any civilians really know the answer to that. Mm. But um, I, I sat down and tried to make a list of the ones that I, I have heard of and I think are, are reliably reported. And I think I could come up with 60-some off the top of my head. Um, I've heard that there are – that we're aware of well over 100 military as. But, of course, they don't, they don't tell us about all of them and – and the aliens apparently don't even tell the military about them. They just – the colonel said one of the main ways they mm -hmm. discover new alien races is they have to wait for one of their saucers to crash. <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, Derek, the time has come when you and I must say so long. I want to thank you very much for joining us. And ExoNation, if you'd like to get more information uh, about Derek or send him some questions, visit his uh, YouTube channel or chat with him uh, via Twitter. 
just go to his Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. That's www.facebook.com forward slash official Derek Tyler. And I'm going to share with you the X-Zone Nation, the photos and the images that Derek has sent me during the course of this interview. And you be the judge. You tell me what you think and we'll get the messages back. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, if you'd like to get more information about our guest this hour, Derek Tyler, facebook.com forward slash official DerekTyler.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Mutual Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio, and of course, Simul Radio and Simul TV. Don't go. 